to the great Scott show, the great sports callers open think tank here to um, join us, educate us on a couple of things in the world of college baseball is our friend Kendall Rogers, co-managing editor of D one baseball for you college baseball fanatics out there. You know what it is. It's a must Kendall man. Good morning. How you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. How about you guys? We're doing well, you know. I know that um, your 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 social media ABI has has changed a few times <laughs> over the years, but you 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 rock that that cowboy hat in it. What what is pull off a cowboy hat? And some people just can't. Is that fair to say? That is, that is very fair to say. Is that that was actually pretty unintentional. We were uh, I was on vacation in Colorado with my family, and we did like one of those like old time West photos. And like I showed a couple of coworkers, because I thought it was just hilarious. And they're like, "Dude, you've got to have that as your profile picture." You know, they're like, "Hey, you're you're a Texan, you're a Texas guy," and like that goes well with that goes well with your brand. So I'm I'm not a brand guy, but uh, they thought that'd be a good idea. So I just kind of rolled with it. It went from smiling with the hat off to like, "All right, um, let's let's go ahead and and just let's get serious." Yeah, yeah. Let's st- back to back. We'll take six steps, turn around, and who draws first? Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. Exactly. I don't want to get in a draw with you. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm I, not, I promise you, I'm harmless. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do a good job of uh, of interacting with some fan bases on uh, on social media because, obviously, as you know, yeah. Kendall fan is is short for fanatic, so they can get passionate and out of hands at times. What college baseball fan base is the most active on social media with you? You know, I would say Mississippi State or Arkansas. I think both those fan bases for me, I mean, LSU fans are pretty active. I think a lot of them are a little apathetic this year uh, because just the way the team's uh, playing. But, you know, for the most part, Mississippi State and Arkansas fans are pretty active. And you know what? Uh, like if there's something they disagree with, well, I hear about it. But uh, in, in, in the same breath, uh, I feel like both fan bases are very knowledgeable about college baseball. And, uh, you know, they, they typically ask the right questions. So I would say those two, I mean, it's certainly – uh, Louisiana fans, when when things are rolling down there like they like they're starting to now, uh, I'm starting to see a lot more activity. But uh, boy, the, our, Arkansas and Mississippi State are probably number one, number two for me by far. I'm guessing you know the fan bases that interact the most obviously know baseball, but are are there years where a team that typically isn't a baseball power has success? And they start interacting with you, and you're like, in your mind, you're like, okay, they're they're kind of looking at baseball from like a football perspective. They don't get it, but you just kind of just bite your lip and be cordial. Yeah, there's certainly some teams like that. I mean, you know, even uh, this year, Alabama, you know, has gotten a lot better. You know, Brad Bohannon's done a really nice job over there. And uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, they won like one game at Arkansas, sixteen to one. They lost the last two to lose the series. But we all know college baseball. You know, it's all about winning a series, right? Well, you know, Alabama fans thought they should have been ranked based on winning, like, the opening game of the series. It's like, whoa, 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 this isn't football. Like, just because you won one game doesn't mean you can be ranked. And so, you know, it is frustrating when you deal with some fan bases that, uh, you know, that that don't know as much about college baseball as others. But, uh, you know, then again, I kind of look at it as like, hey, I'd rather have these people interested in college baseball as opposed to not interested at all. So I kind of I kind of tread lightly with those fan bases for, for obvious reasons. Kendall Rogers, our guest, ESPN 1420. Well, you're like in a unique position, Kendall, because I always say college baseball is unlike, you know, Major League Baseball. The, the, the difference between MLB and college baseball 
is in terms of whether it be just fan interest appeal, geography. It's yeah. it's it's a wider gap to me than say college football to the NFL, college basketball to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Not to say I'm not talking about the level of play. I just mean in terms of like coverage, right? And you are a guy yeah. that that you know kind of started building this thing on your own and built it up to to basically be the top place to go, but it's different than somebody that's just like, oh, let me log on to ESPN and go check out, you know, the college basketball standings or what the writer said, or or let me let me comment on what this guy said on TV. So you've you've kind of got this umbrella where when somebody that that typically isn't in there comes into it, you you know you might not be as used to it as like the hardcore fans, but you still want to be cordial because you want them to come back. And you like you said, you're harmless, you're a nice guy, but it's yeah, uh, you know. What you do is just different, I guess, than than other people that cover no, college it is. sports. It's kind of funny. Like I've been doing this for fourteen years now, and like when I started, I never really thought like, oh, I can make a pretty good living covering college baseball. Like I, I thought, like, okay, this is going to be a hobby. Well, it's no longer a hobby. And you know, the way I look at college baseball is like I've had plenty of opportunities to, to cover pro ball, and like I have zero interest. You know, I, I think college baseball, even though it's a niche sport. Uh, you know, the, the fan base continues to grow. And the thing I love about it, too, is, you know what, it's, it's only months out of the year. And then, you know, you have some you have some people hanging around for, like, summer ball coverage. You certainly have a lot of people show up for fall ball coverage. But, you know, there's a casual fan around for six months. But I'll tell you what, for those six months, that casual fan is very much dialed in. Not, not only do they care about their own team, but they care about the overall just status of college baseball. If there's legislation that's passed, People are really, really vocal. So it's it's not as big of a fan base as maybe a pro ball by a wide margin, as you mentioned. But, boy, the, the people that are interested in college baseball are very much loyal to it. That's right. And the marketplace of coverage isn't that wide. So, you know, a lot no, of it falls on all. you, and, and you've done a great job with it. Um, but, um, I, you know, last, I guess, personal question, um, as a guy that's married with young kids myself – does your wife, maybe she doesn't say it, but does she kind of look forward to the off season? Is she like, oh gosh, here comes February. Let's, uh, <laughs> Kendall's going to be busy. <laughs> no, it's, it hasn't been too bad this year. I haven't traveled as much. Uh, I will tell you, it's usually one of those things where like when we get to the college world series uh, every year and I'm gone for two weeks, uh, usually the first week it's like, oh, okay, it's kind of nice to, you know, have some time apart. And by the second week it's like, Okay, when in the heck are you going to be home? That's right. You know, so you you get you get a week with the kids by yourself, and then all of a sudden she definitely wants me home after that second week. So it, it's all good. You know, it, it, we're very lucky because with my job, like once the college baseball season's over, uh, it's like you know I, I basically just pick whenever I want to start writing about summer ball. So uh, it you know it has its perks for sure. No doubt about it. Kendall Rogers of D one Baseball, our guest at D1 Baseball, at Kendall Rogers on Twitter, if you guys want to follow them there. Of course, uh, some of you subscribe to D1. Don't go check it out. See what you're missing. And uh, and if you're a college baseball fan, chances are you're going to take advantage of it. Um, looking at uh, this year, you said you haven't traveled as much. And obviously, I, I would assume that's due to the COVID-19 restrictions that are put in place at various schools yeah. and states. What What rule this year in college baseball, or alteration rather, because of COVID-19, is going to be the most difficult thing for the selection committee to deal with when they're selecting at-large teams? Well, I think the biggest thing for me is when you look ahead to, you know, the fact that regional hosts are going to be announced on May 10th, 
you know, they won't be announced later in the year, which I think hurts a team like Louisiana. I think a team like Louisiana could easily, easily go on a run, uh, get its RPI in range by the end of the season, but they probably won't have the time to do that. And with Louisiana Tech likely hosting, I'd be willing to bet that's where they end up in the postseason. But, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, the Big Ten. Uh, the Big Ten did not play uh, non-conference games. Uh, a lot of the Big Ten RPIs are, are just bad right now because of that. You know, because if you're not playing anybody but yourselves, you're not going to have good RPIs. So uh, the Big Ten's RPIs uh, are not very good, but I think that league has like four or five really, really solid teams. So, you know, how the NCAA sorts that out um, and then, you know, sorts out the ACC. You know, the ACC is playing extra week uh, beyond what the SEC and some other leagues are. So, like, hey, do you, do you, you know, go a little easier on the ACC because they actually played an extra weekend of, of games in conference. Do you not? So just things like that. I mean, there's some other items like, you know, uh, you know, crowd sizes in the postseason. It was, it was kind of funny. I was just talking to somebody the other day and, you know, the NCA right now is talking about, you know, 50% capacity for the postseason. And, you know, we mentioned, you know, when we did our projections, we had Louisiana at, and Ruston uh, as the, the three seed. And we were talking to the staff, like, yeah, good, good luck having 50% capacity if Louisiana and Louisiana Tech are matched right. up in Reston. Like, there's no way that's going to happen. So that's one thing I'm really interested to see is, you know, being an outdoor sport, uh, baseball is naturally socially distanced, even in the stands. I mean, you're outdoors. Um, does the NCAA give baseball a lot of leeway? Because remember, basketball was, a, was only 22% capacity. Baseball, no doubt, will be more than that. How much more than that? We'll see. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. I I don't even know. I know with the um. You might know this, Kendall. I'm not sure. I know with the the refurbishing of J C Love Field at Pat Patterson Park in Ruston. I don't even know what the the attendance capacity is there. Is it like two thousand or something? Or I want to say it's like three. But I, I mean, okay. you look at that Arkansas series and you look at pictures from that. You know, give it. You know, including the little the, the dorm thing in left field. I mean, there was way more than three thousand people there. I'm pretty sure the pretty sure the health department probably had a couple of drinks that night. <laughs> well, it is Louisiana. Um, when you you cover college baseball, Kendall, obviously it's it's big in the South. Where which state consistently um, has the best college baseball in their state each year? Um, hmm. well, is it where you are? I mean, is we, it Texas? Yeah, it's probably Texas. I mean, Cal. I mean, you go. You could really go Texas, California, Florida. But I'll tell you what: when you look at the population, uh, I mean, Louisiana and Mississippi make a pretty, pretty good case. And when you look at just per capita, uh, you, know, you look at Mississippi. And granted, they don't have as many schools as Louisiana. But when you look at Mississippi, you know, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, Mississippi State. The thing I love about those three schools is not only are they typically good in college baseball. They love college baseball. And I think the, the same thing can be said about Louisiana. You know, you look at the Cajuns, uh, you look at LSU typically being very good. Uh, you know, Tulane, I mean, I, I know they're struggling this year, but, you know, Tulane, when they're winning, uh, they're very passionate about baseball around their church. In. And, uh, you know, Louisiana Tech, um, that's a program right now that they're, they're fan. You know, you talk about fan bases. Uh, I mean, their fan base is very active right now on Twitter. So a lot of excitement up there. And, of course, you know, Justin typically does a really nice job at McNeese. And so, uh, you know, Louisiana and Mississippi would have a, if you're looking at it for capital-wise, would have a very, very strong case. But overall, I mean, your typical, your typical states like Texas, California, and Florida. 
ESPN1420.com. You you mentioned um, this the regional host sites being announced early on May 10th. Um, what what is if the reason is is COVID nineteen related? What's like the basis in that? Why are they doing? Why are they making the announcement that early this year? Yeah, so the NCA says they need three weeks to get a site ready to to be fully COVID compliant. So essentially, what they need uh, with the CDC, you have to you have to set up a testing site on site for the college baseball tournament. So they feel like they need a week for that. And for whatever reason, they feel like they need two more weeks to do everything else. I don't really know why you need two more weeks because every school in America right now is is adhering to COVID protocols for the most part. So, I mean, I feel like they're already, like, seasoned in that. But, uh, yeah, but that's why they're doing it. They need three weeks to do it. So the thing I wonder is, will this become, you know, mainstay moving forward? You know, will, will basically what you do until early May be what determines if you get a host site or not? I hope not. Um, you know, like you I said, not too. I agree. teams get hot or conversely, they can kind of get cold and play their way out of it and then still just be sitting there getting to host and have a big advantage. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's just like I mentioned with Louisiana, you know, you look at Southern, Southern Miss and Louisiana are two prime examples with two teams. I think are really good that, you know, don't have great RPIs and they could very easily go on the run at the end of the year and work themselves in the host site. And that just can't happen this year. So it's disappointing. I know Louisiana beat LaTeX twice, um, and uh, Spencer Arigetti helped in, in that regard. He's a special player. But looking at LaTeX being ranked where they are, um, East Carolina, uh, Indiana State's up there, Old Dominion. What what group of five school? And I know G5 is it's more of a football-basketball term. I get it. In college baseball, it's somewhat subjective at times, depending on the school you're talking about. But – uh, and yeah. the conference, for that matter. But you kind of get what I'm saying. Like, what what mid major program do, in in college baseball terms do you think is is the best this season? Yeah, I mean, I think right now Louisiana Tech. I mean, I tell you what, um, you know, I would lo- I would love to see them in the cages matchup on the weekend to see the, to kind of test that theory. But I tell you what, uh, you know, when I look at college baseball this year, what I knew was hey there's going to be some surprises because guess what? You know, people kind of forget that all the seniors came back, all the freshmen or all the incoming freshmen went to school because of the the shortened draft. And I knew some of these mid majors would be really good because of how many veterans they had back. And if you look at Louisiana Tech's lineup, you look at their pitching staff, you know, Jonathan Fincher has been so good on the front of the rotation. He's an older guy. Uh, you look at their lineup with, with Parker Bates, Phil Netterville, and guys like that. It's in a really, really old lineup. So they're a scary team in the postseason because they may not have the pitching depth of some of these SEC schools or whatnot. But tell you what, they they have got an old lineup that can really hit. And, you know, Lane Burroughs does a really nice job up there. With that said, even if they hosted as a one seed, I mean, would it shock me if uh, a team like Louisiana went up there as a three and won that regional? Absolutely not. Um, I, I feel like they're good. I'm not sure they're great. Speaking of Louisiana, while we got you, Kendall, obviously I want your thoughts on the Cajuns. You've referenced them a couple of times. Um, overall, with Spencer Arigetti, Connor Cook coming off of a, a performance, how do you feel about Matt Deggs' squad and where the program is trending right now? Yeah, I feel like they're headed a, a really nice direction. You know, I, I thought after the TC series, you know, when they got off to a really good start and lost that series, that was tough. But you know what? I'm really impressed by the way they responded. You know, they took three out of four from Coastal. They swept ULM, who you know, who, who has shown some improvement this year, uh, and they took care of business over the weekend at home. 
Uh, I'm really intrigued to see what they do the next two weekends. I think South Dow is a really solid club. Uh, and uh, Chris Curry does a really nice job at Little Rock. You know, Little Rock has, you know, went up on the road, uh, what was it, two or three weeks ago and uh, snapped, you know, Southern Illinois' undefeated bid. I think they were like 18-0, and and Little Rock went up there and either swept them or won two out of three. So those are two really difficult road series. But I think overall, you know, you look at the, the weekend rotation with Eric Getty and, and certainly Connor Cook. They've got some other, you know, high-quality arms that I really like. And then, you know, offensively, Carson Rock of 40 and, you know, guys like that. Uh, I feel really good about this team heading down the stretch. I think they're going to be very dangerous if they can just find their way in the postseason, which right now I feel very, very good about the chances. Kendall Rogers is our guest, co-managing editor of D1 Baseball. Check it out, d1baseball.com. Follow Kendall on Twitter, at Kendall Rogers, or, uh, as well as at D1 Baseball on Twitter to get your college baseball fix on a regular basis. Um, the SEC this year, Really, really strong, Kendall. I mean, obviously, look at the number of teams they have in the top five, top ten, top twenty-five, top thirty. Um, what what conference in your mind? I, let me let me rephrase this. In terms of the strength of the SEC this year, how does it stack up to previous years? Is this kind of a normal year in your mind, or is this one a little more special, just in terms of how good the very top of it is? You know, it, it's a weird year, I would say. Like, I feel like the top is better than ever, and I feel like the middle to, to bottom is just not very good. I mean, I think when you look around that league, I mean, clearly, you know, Vandy, uh, teams like Florida, I think Florida will start figuring things out a little bit. Tennessee's really good. And then you have the usual suspects like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Arkansas. But, you know, you look at the middle to bottom of that league, you know, Kentucky, Missouri, uh, A&M, LSU, like those teams just aren't very good. And we're used to A&M and LSU being very solid and, you know, typically Kentucky solid. Uh, you know, Georgia's just okay. I know they won the series in Bandy over the last weekend, but, you know, they've been struggling this year. So I would say it's, it's been a weird year. You know, right now, like I feel like the SEC is probably a maximum uh, eight-bid league, whereas coming into the season, we, we could have easily predicted those guys uh, to get, you know, 11 bids out of the league. So I would say the top is awesome. Uh, the middle to the bottom has a lot to prove here down the stretch. And, you know, at this point, teams like A&M and LSU, uh, they're running out of time. Well, so a little more, let me follow up on that. Where would you percentage-wise, or just if you don't want to give a number, just in general, A&M, LSU, what are their postseason chances right now in your mind? Well, I feel a lot better about LSU than I do A&M. You know, A&M has, a, has an RPI issue. I mean, they're 3-9 in that league. They're 116 in the RPI. 116 in the RPI in the SEC is bad. Like, that, 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 that's hard to accomplish. Granted, they do play Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, um, and um, I think it's, uh, I want to say, Tennessee the next four weeks. So, I mean, they're going to have opportunities to get that RPI up. But that's a lot of opportunities to lose a lot of games, too. But... Uh, you know, a and RPI is an issue. LSU, I mean, there, there is a pathway there for the Tigers. I mean, they're 20-12 overall. The RPI is 25, uh, but they're 3-9 and in the league. So, for LSU, it's all about the conference record. Um, if, and if they can find a way to knock off South Carolina, that would certainly help. That would put them back in the discussion. So, they're not far off, uh, but they've got a lot of work to do. What about uh, Jaden Hill and, and that injury of the UCL? What do you think that does to his, his draft stock? I know LSU fans are hoping to see a lot more of him yeah. than they got to, and uh, just a great young man, wishing him the best. But obviously, you know, when you're projected to be a top-five pick and then you have an injury like that and you need Tommy John surgery, I'm guessing it dips a little, no? 
Yeah, there's no. This is a guy that was you know top five based on you know, coming into the season based on the the assumption that he would be a really good weekend starter. And now not only is he kind of proven to be more of a bullpen guy, uh, he's now hurt. So I would say for Jaden, second round probably now, maybe late late first round. I would say second second round is probably a pretty good spot for him right now. Two more questions for you, Ken. And we appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Um, you mentioned, you know, Mississippi State earlier and their fan base. Obviously, it's it's just a great atmosphere. Um, uh, two part question here: what What is the best atmosphere in your mind in college baseball? And I know you've been to the old MLT Moore Field, and I think you've been to the Teague at Russo Park, though it's somewhat new. Uh, where does that stack up in terms of some of the best as well in your mind? Yeah, I mean, the Teague is as good as anybody. I mean, I was there for, you know, before they rebuilt it, and certainly it's beautiful now, but, you know, I thought the atmosphere at the Ole Miss Super was as good as I've ever seen. So, I mean, that's right out there. I'd say for me, probably just Mississippi State, um, just the just the outfield, the fans are, are rowdy. I mean, LSU for me in the postseason is really good, too. I'd say those guys in Louisiana are very comparable in the postseason. Uh, the box for me in the postseason is as good as it gets. So probably Mississippi State overall, but postseason-wise, uh, give, give me uh, LSU and Louisiana. All right. And who is the best player in college baseball this year? Uh, Jack Leiter. I mean, if you can have a chance to watch Vanderbilt this year, just watch him pitch. He typically pitches on a Saturday. And if you see Vandy in your TV listings, just watch him. Um, you know, I saw him in Baton Rouge a couple weeks ago, and I'm not sure I've ever sat behind the plate watched a kid pitch and been that ridiculously impressed with someone. So he'll be your top overall draft pick uh, here in a few weeks, and boy, he, he is worth watching. He, he's special. Kendall Rogers has been our guest, co-managing editor of D1 Baseball. Check out D1Baseball.com for those of you that haven't yet. Many of you already have. You know it. At Kendall Rogers on Twitter, at D1 Baseball. You can follow that account as well. Kendall I really appreciate the time, man. Um, you I got know, it, Scott. I know 7.15's early, but I uh, also know you're, you're busy this time of year and covering the hey, sport. Man. So That's what I'm here for. Appreciate it. All right, let us know next time you're in Lafayette. You know we'll take care of you. You got it, brother. Be All good. right, great stuff from Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball. A lot of good content in there.